Hey, welcome to the Mind Your Health podcast. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Dr. Mina Merholm. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist and an assistant professor of clinical psychiatry in Columbia University. I'll be speaking with some of the leading experts in mental health around the world to learn how we can incorporate principles of lifestyle changes, our faith, as well as some of the leading innovations in mental health to learn how we can live happier and more fulfilled lives. And hopefully we'll have some fun along the way. I hope this inspires you and encourages you to mind your health. Welcome to uh, Mind Your Health Podcast. Today, I'm, I'm so happy to have a special guest with me today. As you know, I'm Dr. Mina Mirholm, Assistant Professor of Psychiatry in Columbia University. And I have the one and only Brian Calvrini talking to me today about the journey in the MBA and the pressure thereof. Brian, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, we, I know you've been uh, communicating with me for a while. And you know what? Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of weird when it comes to locking in time. People will say, hey, can I get some time with you sometime in the future? I always say, well, you can get right now. You can get tomorrow <laughs> at 10. This is what I have. And then like a week later, you can get tomorrow. I don't usually plan anything out like a week in advance. <laughs> yeah, because there's so much going on. So, I mean, that's why I'm like so grateful that we get to hop on yeah. today. Man. It really means a lot. So, you know, we were talking a little bit about as I was mentioned to you, I've been involved a little bit with the MBPA, kind of with players and staff about the mental health and wellness kind of being more of a movement uh, in the past year or two. And I was curious kind of from your journey, right, being in the league, what's it like as you're kind of going into it and managing pressure of just kind of adjusting to playing overall? What, what was that journey like for you? Yeah, I mean, sports is a lot of ups and downs, you know, and the better player you are, at a younger age, like the, I think you're better at handling the ups and downs of your performance, right? But, you know, like I've never ever been a performance-based person. I, I'm mm. really not. Like I'm a possession-based person. So mm. I kind of look when I unfold something and people say, well, how did you play, right? That's so like like a big, broad spectrum. Mm. So I need to really like for me, and, and don't get me wrong, like a game happens and let's say I'm down, right? I have to go in. And I have to watch possessions and say, well, like, what could I have done better on mm. this? And, you know, there's moments where you get an opportunity to play. And let's say I get three shots. There's a big difference between 0 for 3, 1 for 3, 2 for 3, or 3 for 3. And right. I take thousands of shots in a week. And it all comes down to three shots, you know. So wow. I sort of got away from, you know, feeling the ups and downs. And I, and I will say from the pressure goes away when you do the work. And a lot of times it's, you know, you feel, you know, feel good about your body. If you take the time to, to do the strength training, the conditioning, the stretching and all that stuff, and your body feels good, usually your mind feels pretty good. A lot of times mm. the grind of the NBA and the ups and downs of the league, a lot of times it's just being like exhausted, mm. you know, playing a lot of minutes, traveling, getting in at three o'clock in the morning, having shoot around. Like I had kids. So if I got back at three o'clock in the morning and my kids are up at seven, as you know, like I'm sure there's a huge connection to just like being tired, being exhausted, right, lack right. of sleep, and the way that people perceive like how their day is going. And I say even now as a broadcaster or whatever, my days in the ups and downs of the, the times where I don't get as much sleep, even that affects my mental right. health. And I understand that everybody has like their different versions of mental health. But a lot of times what I do is I like take a step back and look at, mm -hmm. okay, am I tired? Did I do the work? 
if I need to like kind of break out of something, maybe I need to just go out and get some fresh air today. You know, maybe I need to do some different types of training. Like instead of mm. doing linear training, I need to do lateral or maybe I need to walk backwards just to fire up different parts right. of my mind. And that in the past has really helped me zone in and sort of move forward in a way that I feel like is if it's something is not going right, I always feel like there's a physical component that I can adjust and, and make it better. That sounds like such a, a well-worked-out system that you've sort of gotten to over the years, right? Like kind of evaluating yourself and your circumstances. I mean, it's it's really encouraging, actually, to hear you kind of approaching it that way. Do you feel like people that you've played with and kind of throughout the years, are some people having more difficulty sort of coping to that pressure and maybe not approaching it in as, as healthy of a way? Have you seen players around you feel like, you know, this is sort of overwhelming? Sure. We're all a product of who we know, right? So I work with a, like a great body work guy. You're a little bit off. And sometimes I don't think we as a society understand the mind-body connection anywhere close to where we need to, right? Totally. So, so my right. body work guy would say something along the lines of, how's your training been? And I'm like, mm. I'll tell you, it's good. This is before I would do all the stuff that I just brought up, right? Mm. It's been good. I've been working out. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. Like, how have you been working side to side? I'm like, no, not really. What mm. about backwards? No, not really. Well, there's certain parts of your brain that fire when that happens. So right. I'm not sitting here telling you that I came up with this example of <laughs> rocking backwards has right. really helped me become, you know, more mentally healthy. But, you know, you're around people. And one thing mm. that I would say about, you know, NBA players, and that's the only like, or maybe maybe football players. I don't know a lot of football players, but mm. NBA players like I am consistently putting people around me that challenge me in different ways. For instance, mm. like one of my best friends is one of the managing partners at the Boston Consulting Group, BCG, mm. really high level consulting mm. group. Another one of my best friends is a lawyer, a high managing partner at Latham and Watkins. And like, I like the guys, I do, right. but it's not just that, like they bring a different perspective to me. Mm. Like mm. my problems in my world of MBA are completely different than their problems. Some right. are similar. I mentioned the guy, my body work guy, like when you're started getting around different types of people, I think they stimulate your brain in different mm. ways. And I think you can grow if you want to live in a small little bubble and push mm. everybody aside and not have a diverse group of friends. I really think that all that stuff falls into, you know, how people can maybe feel depressed at times. And maybe I need to buy something because I feel sad. Like I don't, like, mm. I don't live like that. You know, I bought one vehicle through my MBA career. Wow. That was it. You know? <laughs> it wasn't like I didn't have this need feeling, man, I missed three shots today. I need to do something. I'm going to buy a car. Mm. You know, mm. I just don't, my life doesn't work like that. I wasn't really into clothes or anything like that. So, you know, my little life and my circles, I think they were very diverse. Let's use diverse, financially diverse, ethnically diverse. I mean, just all over the board. And I was really interested in what people are and what people do. And I think that helped me like from a mental health right. standpoint, gives me perspective. And do you think that perspective and that sort of diverse approach around you is part of the reason that you became such a fan favorite? I mean, when people think of you, that's sort of, sort of always been almost like your title. People just love to talk to you, to hear you, because you being not defined by just kind of a stat line or a performance sure. in a game, but it sounds like you're really way more than that. Do you think that's what contributed to fans just kind of gravitating towards you? I mean, you're at Columbia, so you can make a whole study on, and there could be a like a race component to it. There could be like mm -hmm. a, a image component to it. Like I just look like a normal guy. Like you could have a whole study, a semester study on <laughs> right. why in particular – 
that I become like a fan favorite or like the guy, like it is kind of wild. Like I played 11 years. I do think a lot of the teams think about the Nets off the jump two NBA finals. Now I go mm. to the Celtics. We go to two more with the Bulls. Mm. You know, our teams were had the best record in the NBA two years in a row. So maybe it's like there's a connection between mm. Scalabrini's on teams that are always good playing in the finals, right. playing in the playoffs. Right. I don't know. But it is an interesting study. But And I don't know if I could have took it, you know, a couple ways. Don't get me wrong. I didn't always embrace like mm. the chance and all that stuff. And I, right. for different reasons, right? One, I didn't want to be known as that guy personally. Two, I didn't want, you know, the takeaway from the people who built right. an 18-point lead. The attention should be put on them, not on me, right. right? But I tell you, when I went to Chicago and I fully dove in, fully embraced <laughs> every ounce of it, I was a much happier person. Off the charts, happy. Like, you know, we'd get up by 14 and it'd be six minutes to go. And, you know, Thibodeau be walking the sidelines. He's all gruffy, er, like that. I look and be like, they ready for it. They're ready for it. You got to give them what they want, Tibbs. And then, like, there'll be a timeout under six. And I'll look at the guys like, come on, man. I got to get some run today. I'm trying to be out there. You would push this lead from 14 to 20, you know? So I, like, I fully went all in. And I, I have to admit. Maybe I wouldn't have been able to do that in year four mm. or five, mm. but mm. when I was in year 10 and 11 and I fully embraced it, like I said, it was the happiest I've ever been. And in hindsight, it is more of my personality because right. like I said, I'm not a performance-based guy. I do like enjoy playing. It's like one of my loves of life. I love being out there playing, getting guys involved, getting shots. Like I just love doing that. So I wish I would have embraced it more at a younger age. But it sounds like it was somewhat of a process, right? And it's probably both for, for sure. you as well as for other players, the process of kind of being comfortable in your own skin, whatever that can mean or whatever role that entails. Like it takes time. I mean, you talk about Tibbs now. I'm, I'm a Knicks fan. So kind of seeing him with the Knicks and seeing the fans kind of asking for OB to come in, right? Like at a particular time of the game. And people have mixed feelings about that too. But it's really awesome that you're able to get to the point where you fully sort of embrace it and just kind of dive right in when you were in Chicago. Yeah. And I think... There was this big change when I had, so I had my first kid when 2007, then the following year it's Gardet and Ray Allen, they come. Mm, and so mm. like, once like that happened, it was like a steady state of just like really, really understanding how, you know, so we were good in New Jersey and then we dipped down in two mm. years in the Celtics and then Garnett and Ray Allen show up and like, and then I had my daughter and I mean, my wife's mm. pregnant with the other one. So it was like a combination of a lot of things where being comfortable of who I am and looking at myself more as a role model, like father versus mm. like just another kid out there, you know? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of that stuff all happened at the same time. And, you know, like where my game didn't necessarily go to a direction, which I wanted to, you know, but I still put the work in, but I was just like, like kind of like, okay with, you know, what is going on in the restriction and like just watching Kevin Garnett and realizing like, I am just lucky to even be in the same room with a player mm. like this. Looking back, I should have thought the same thing with Jason Kidd. Like Jason Kidd was mm. one of my best friends on the team, but wow. I didn't look at it like that because I was just young and dumb, right. you know? Right. Like right. being around unreal people is like really, you know, what it's about. And I talked to you about my my buddy at BCG or Latham and right. Watkins. Like right. I became really close to them. And I just started to like gravitate towards unique individuals that, mm. that, you know, and just to find out like their life, to understand my life a little bit more. 
Yeah, and it sounds like you, you really were intentional about sort of expanding both your network as well as balancing like your professional life and your personal life. And there's a story that I wanted to get your your take on recently. You know, there was this this one scene where Michael Beasley showed up to a game and he had like his shorts backwards or whatever, and he became like a meme and people were laughing at him. And he was really recently saying how, you know, on a day like that, he just lost his cousin and, a, you know, a week before he lost his mom. Do you feel like the league sort of helps you process or balance? Because it sounds like you did a lot of this work on your own. Like you were intentional about expanding your network. You were, sure. you know, intentional about making things diverse. Do you think the league sort of supports you guys in terms of, because you come into the league pretty young, like you're a young man and kind of developing. Do you think there's good support to help you kind of balance your professional and personal life? Or do you think the emphasis is just like form, you know, you got to make buckets, you got to have a good stat line and that's who you are. All right, so this is only my perspective, and I'm just going to be honest, right? I think the league, and I don't know how you look at this. I'm not a professional when it comes to mental health or everything like that, right? But like, like maybe Michael Beasley living my life would not be healthy for him, you know? And maybe me living Michael Beasley's life would not be healthy for me, right? And I'm only having this conversation based off of, you know, my experience with meeting different right. people and me being engaging in people who are, probably a lot better than me and smarter than me and like mm -hmm. watching Kevin Garnett and how he handles himself. And like, I'm not living my life exactly like Kevin Garnett, but I'm trying to like, what makes him such a special person? Mm -hmm. What made Jason Kidd like that? Ray Allen, you know, he ran five miles on an off day, two and a half miles on a game day. Why can't I go through my life and pick things that I like, right? Uh -huh. And never in a million years when Kevin Garnett walked into the locker room, was I ever jealous of his cars or his mm. money or any, it, that is an exceptional human being. Mm. I am trying to get 1% of him being exceptional. So I think a lot of this people out there are trying to get stuff that's maybe is unattainable. And I saw this mm. graph one day, it was really amazing. It started low and these are like people who really struggle in life, mental mm. health, everything like that can't get it together and we all know them you know them i know them everybody right, has right. like the people no matter what their life is they just can't get their life right and then there's this like this huge bump and then it comes back down right and then on the other side it's tom brady michael mm. jordan you know like lebron james right but it's amazing how many people in like this area mm. want to be guys like out there. But like, right. we have to understand this part over here, this low level of guys that just can never figure it out. And this over here, the people that like whatever reason, their next level and how they get there and how they sustain it, mm. it's a whole nother little conversation. Right. But we mostly fall in here, yet I always feel like everybody is trying to be here, mm. right? what's wrong and now how do you get to and let's say you can be here or you can be you know closer to that well how you get there is by like opening up your mind and saying like mm. there's ways to take things like i can't watch read study tom mm. brady and take five things from his life and try to incorporate it into mine you know he eats avocado ice cream maybe i should too maybe i should not <laughs> eat as bad as i do because it's tom brady he works with bands guess what like my workouts incorporate bands too mm. there are ways to do that and i think mm. a lot of the people who live in this big giant like where most of the masses live are sometimes upset with being there and i just mm. don't feel 
Like you could be upset that I'm not mad that I'm not LeBron, like <laughs> Kevin Durant, you know, Kevin Garnett, any of those guys. Like those guys mm. are exceptional human beings for certain reasons. But when I coached the Golden State Warriors and I watched Steph Curry work, I was like, I couldn't believe how hard he worked. And I mm. said, there's a reason why. And this is before he became MVP and no one talked mm. about Steph mm. Curry like this. There's a reason why he's going to be special because mm. he can just work longer and harder than everybody. He could play 40 minutes the next day, go to practice, and then that night come back and do an hour workout where he's doing full court shots. Like wow. he's just an exceptional human being. So, like, can I take that from from him and try to incorporate that into my life? Yeah. Can I be him? No chance. And right. I'm okay with that. That's. I mean, there's a level of sort of humility and self awareness. I think that's that's so refreshing to hear from you for, yeah it's not yeah, but I, it's not it's not the message society brings out not at all you should do a much better job our society does not do a good enough job with that like i have three kids one of my daughters thinks that she's going to grow up and be a kardashian so she's trying mm -hmm, to like mm -hmm. you know get her social media thing going so she posts one thing every week and think that that's going to be enough like even the kardashians or anybody that has like a huge social media following they work their ass off to get to right. that point they're not just like, I mean, whether I, I agree with it or disagree with it, everybody that's doing these things are working their tail mm. off to get there. And it sounds like, I mean, as you've been in different roles too in the league from both playing, coaching, broadcasting, it sounds like you appreciate the, the amount of work in different ways. Like you see all these different angles of it. And we as the fans or the even somebody who's involved in the league on some level, you don't really grasp how hard this is. Whatever position you're in, whether you're, the star or somebody that's a role player, it sounds like it's just an incredible amount of work that we don't really understand. Or, or, or self-awareness or mm -hmm. also, I don't know, in your world, do you have people that, like I have friends that work their ass off and they work on the wrong stuff. Like right. in your world, do you have people that just like, man, this guy just grinds, but like it's all, it's not applicable, you know, and right. whatever reason, right. bad instructor. Like my daughter's in high school basketball right now, right? And this is Massachusetts and the basketball is, is not as great as what I grew up with in Seattle. Like Seattle has like a bazillion pros, right? Massachusetts mm. is like just coming around, right? Mm. But the basketball is not what, like I, I coach my daughter's AAU team. I have like 30 kids under me. I'm oh. a director of like three or four teams, right? So like the way we do things, it's like I'm constantly, first of all, think about my Rolodex. We call it a phone now. Old Rolex, old school, right? <laughs> Think about my phone and the amount of phone calls I can make to people just to right. pick their brain, okay? Yeah. I could call any college basketball coach right now in America and ask him, at least get 10 minutes of his time, right? Yeah. So, like, obviously, my world is what my world is, right? So now my daughter is now playing in high school. In her mind, she can't hold the coach to the same standards that she holds me to, right? It's, mm -hmm. not, it's just not fair. My experience and everything like that. So, like, she runs in these circles and, like... I kind of decipher, like basketball is a big one. Mm. People say things like, have you ever heard people say, follow your shot? You know, you shouldn't follow right. your shot. You should get your <laughs> ass back on defense, right? <laughs> so, but it's like, people say these things, you're like, what, what, what are they doing it for? But my point of all of that is like, a lot of people spend time doing things that are not applicable. By the way, the NBA 10 years ago is different than the NBA now. If you're still doing right. things that work 10 years ago, you're, you're outdated. That ain't going to work anymore. So you got to be cutting edge. You got to stay on top of it. You got to try different things. So I, I do think there's a lot of people out there that maybe they work really hard and they spin their wheels, but maybe they're just not working on things that matter today. I mean, just think of what have 
like I, I don't do Bitcoin, but Bitcoin, right? Like what right, the right. hell is Bitcoin? And right, you know, right. five years ago, what does it compare now? Like the way the stocks right. have grown, like, you know, apps and games. And like, so like if you were doing things, hey, back in the day, we invested in General Electric and this is how right. you're going to do it, right? Like things change and you've got right. to move with it. And if you're still working hard, doing the things from the old days, and then you're going to be frustrated. And that goes back to mental health. Why am I working so hard mm. and not getting anywhere? Well, you're working on things that don't matter anymore. That's so true. You know, to your question of whether or not I see that, that's something I see every day. And it's, it's sad almost, you know, to see somebody trying so hard and really giving in 100% effort, but they're giving it into something that's not going to give them that same return. It's not producing the desired result. And to your point, part of it sometimes is like not having a good guide a coach, a For mentor, sure. a friend, right? Someone who says, hey, just do this, right? And that sometimes can be the difference maker. And and you cannot tell me, this is why we go, and I get there's like a, there is a chemical component to mental health. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. But you can't tell me, like there is nothing more frustrating than busting your ass morning to night and not getting the results that you want, right? Yes, totally. And so it's one of those things where it all goes back to, you just mentioned guidance, like step outside your, your circles. And mm -hmm. I tell kids all the time, you, you go up to people, you ask them what they do and you ask them how they got there. And you'll mm -hmm. find out these stories. They're not anything like you thought they were going to be. Like, I think uh -huh. kids think, well, I'm going to go to college and I'm become a CEO of a company. <laughs> and then, you know, like, no, like you go here and you go there. Like right, I got a neighbor right. that was he worked here, he worked there, and now he's the CEO of a company. He never even did any work in that company, but they right. liked him because he's the CEO in, in, a, in a medical field. And they just like, that's, you just grow through it. So the, how, what is the best way to protect mental health and everything you do moving forward is like, open your mind a little bit, be mm -hmm. diverse, meet people, mm -hmm. rich people, poor people, white people, black people, you know, uh, people from India, people from Russia, people from Africa. Like the more people you get to meet, the, like the better off you're going to be in life. The more people you pick their brain, you want to know about them, what they do, how they got here, how they excelled in life, the better you're going to be with, with life. You're so right. Because just that curiosity and then being willing to sort of course correct as you're learning more about people's journeys, that goes back to that humility that kind of just comes from you, right? You just feel like you're somebody who's always looking at your own life and seeing how to expand it. And I think whether you're talking to young players or young people, it sounds like People really benefit, and it's one of the reasons that people kind of always want to talk to you is because they feel like you're you're grounded and sort of also looking at the bigger picture of things. Yeah, listen, a lot of failure as a kid, a lot of times to self-reflect on, you know, am I doing the right things here? Like, what is helping me? But, you know, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, the message always has to be the work, right? If you mm -hmm. can choose to spin your wheels working, and maybe not getting the direction you want to go or doing nothing at all, you would always choose to do the work. And I think that hard work and dedication, I think it does like, give you more perspective on the people who you should be following, right? The mm -hmm. more time I'm around basketball people and grinding out in this business, the more times I can see through the bullshit and say mm -hmm. like, these people are, this guy's legit. This guy's legit in life, you know, and so when in doubt, do the work, when in doubt, do the work. And then, you know, then it's, you start talking about great people around you, great leaders, great coaches, you know, being, you know, all the other stuff that we just mentioned throughout this podcast. I love that, man. And I, maybe we can close with this. I don't take up too much more of your time, but maybe if we can 
if you're guiding a new player coming into the league right now, maybe somebody mm-hmm. who's not exactly, you know, the number one lottery pick, but, you know, somebody who's got good prospects and they're saying, hey, Scal, help me out. Like, how should I approach my career from a, a balanced, both like a work ethic standpoint, professionally, but then also mentally for me to stay sort of healthy and fit, you know, my mind and my body. What are some of the things that you would sort of say, these are some things to keep in mind as you're entering your career in the league? First thing I would say is like, write down what you eat for a month, right? Let's Mm. start like diving into that, right? Uh, Second thing I would say is like, how dedicated are you to your training? And, Mm. and that's not like, I lift a lot of weights. No, it's like, you know, stability, core, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So let's like start dialing that in. The third thing from a basketball standpoint, you know, break up basketball is like three ways, right? You're a, you're a low level guy. Like I was a low level guy, right? You're a mid-level guy and then you're a superstar, right? Mm. But don't get too far ahead of yourself. Like if you want to be a superstar, take about 10% of your time currently and work on being a superstar when you're a, when you're a role player. But even if, even if you are coming in as a top pick in the draft, mm. why don't you learn how to be a low-level guy? Why don't you mm. learn – you know, how hard you have to work and, and all that stuff. Then work on being a mid-level guy. Mm-hmm. Then my guess is that you'll end up being a really good star when you want to mm-hmm. get there. But if you're so focused on up here and trying to emulate up here, then you're going to miss some steps along the way. And the best is just go watch any – now, listen, there are like LeBron James exception. LeBron sure. – but, but by the way, if you really break down what LeBron does, LeBron James works hard defensively. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he knows the game. He studies the game. He like, he works like he's, you know, trying to get, like keep in, stay in the league right. and play forever. Right. right. Go watch some things about Michael Jordan, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan going to five-star basketball camp, trying to prove himself. Michael Jordan going to the Olympic trials, trying to prove himself. Michael Jordan getting cut from the team. Michael mm-hmm. Jordan going to university of North Carolina. Michael Jordan talking about, Hey man, what I did at North Carolina has nothing to do with Chicago Bulls drafting me. Mm, I got to set mm. the tone right now. So right. You're like you're always resetting, right? But like, don't look at the the I, one day I want to be a Hall of Famer without thinking about the, mm. the charts along the way. And I kind of feel like a lot of people who can't live up to expectations, like forget about like mm. you know, there's three levels of play. Like obviously there's more, but just. Guys in the league hanging on that can like role players that eighth to the twelfth man. Then there's the you know the fourth best player to the eighth best player, and then there's the top three players in the league. And mm. there's like subcategories of all that. Don't get too far ahead of yourself on that, you know. And and look at each group and how you could be good for your team. And then I really believe like things will play out. I use Kawhi Leonard as a great example. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. averaged like five points a game his rookie year. He was he right. came into the San Antonio Spurs as a defensive player and worked on becoming mm-hmm. what he is, you know. And he put attention to detail in defense, and so did the Spurs held him accountable to that. So mm-hmm. I would think that that's a big part of like the overall thing. So you have the diet. What are you eating? How does your body respond to things? Exercise, you know, are you moving in all the planes of motion, forward, backward, side to side? Are you working on different things? Because your brain, obviously, parts of your brain work different ways when it comes to your movement. And then the last one is like, you're curbing your expectations, knowing where you want to go, but don't skip the steps along the way. And that's so profound. And I feel like even though we're talking primarily about the league and about sports, this really applies to life. I feel like as as I'm talking to patients, if they can keep these things in mind that you're saying, which are so sort of life-changing, understanding the process, seeing where you are and where you want to be, putting in the work, 
not getting ahead of yourself. I mean, these are these are valuable nuggets. Can you give me two minutes or less on like the impact of social media and, and that stuff that you're finding with people? Because, you know, like my kids are entering into that. I'm not a big social media guy. You know, I do it, but it's not like I'm sitting there like hearing what everyone says about me. I don't really care, you know, mm. but I'm, I'm curious on like, how has that changed? And how do you guys look at it now? And I guess, you know, kind of in the foreseeable future. So I'll give you the summary sort of, there are some things that the research has kind of been clear in terms of, for example, how Instagram and you're saying you have, you have daughters will impact, you know, body image for, for an adolescent that we know has been damaging. Um, it's been tough. But part of it has been, I sort of think of it this way, similar to what you're saying uh, with some of these topics here, is that there's social media without guidance or sort of in isolation. If an adolescent is navigating it on their own and they're trying to figure out, oh, I see this Kardashian, right? And I want my body to look like her body. How come it doesn't? That really impacts me negatively. Versus if I have somebody guiding me and coaching me and saying, hey, you know what? Whether you're looking at an athlete, reality star, or whatever it is on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, there are some things there that are good that you want to aspire to. So what that means is we got to be more healthy. Maybe we got to work harder. We got to do this sure. and this, right? So we can use it as an inspiration, but without proper guidance, kind of the summary, I think that I can tell you, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or all these other things, as a young person trying to navigate on their own, it could really be damaging. It could really hurt them. It could really mess up a lot of things in their own self-esteem, but with proper direction, it could actually be a good way to connect. I mean, it's one of the ways that you and I connected today. I wouldn't have connected sure. with you without it. And I've connected with a lot of people, patients or otherwise, who found community on social media, who found a way to say, oh, I'm not the only one who's like struggling with this, or I'm not the only one who wants to do this. So with some coaching, with some, you know, guidance and sort of parameters, it can be really great. Without it, it can be one of those things that, you know, I'll tell you, even the TikTok algorithm, one of their content creators has kind of came out and said that if you're not feeling well, for example, if you're depressed, it'll keep giving you more depressing content because it's saying that's what you're sort of feeding. That's what you're consuming. So they're going to keep giving you more and you'll feel worse. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So it's, it it's can tell way. you based on what you're doing, like that, that app can basically tell you if you're happy, sad, mo yes. want motivation, like yep. anything. That's exactly. amazing. It that's is. amazing. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Who could come yeah. up with stuff like this? Seriously. I mean, that's what I try to do for a living. Try to understand people's feelings. Exactly. You got this app that can do it in, you know, in a couple of minutes. So it's, uh, you know, what it would be amazing if you had a screen of like, you know, eight pictures and before five minutes before they walk into your office. Okay. Rapid fire. What do you like right now? Bing, bing, bing. You walk in, you like know exactly what they're thinking. That's amazing. You know, that's interesting. You know, I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start sitting down with them and going through. I've always been like anti. Yes. Be like, you know what? Come on, show me what you like, some yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. And just like let them, like, kind of, yeah, don't fight it, embrace it, but just, yes. like, you know, put the in parameters. Thank you. Yeah, the embracing and there's actually research, it can be a way to sort of bond too. And you've seen, you know, even Braun doing TikToks with his family or whatever. Yeah, it could be a way for you to understand their world. And they can feel like, well, well, daddy can kind of see what I'm into, right? And see, oh, I like this trend. And you know, it'll yeah. be a little confusing in the beginning. But as you sort of go with it, and it's a way to, to connect together, it could be actually a good thing. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, you know, we, we can share the screen on the TV. Uh, and we'll just sit down like family game night and they can just like, they can put their TikToks on. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, thank you so much, Brian. You got I'm, it. I'm, I'm glad so we got a chance to connect.
Me too. Me too. I'm hoping that we'll uh, we'll do this again. Yeah. Well, you got you got my number. So whenever you want to do something, like I said, it's always going to be like, how about right now? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm be let's ready go. For it. So All if right, you if you text me, you better be ready because I'd be like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Please take a second to rate and review as this helps us reach more people. And until then, please don't forget to mind your health. See you soon.